Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey everyone, welcome to MLB.com Extras. I'm Alexa Dad, and today we are talking Braves baseball. We bring in our Braves reporter for MLB.com, Mark Bowman. And Mark, this is one of the things that we have talked about on this podcast, whether Matt Kemp was going to be moved or not. And he is. He's traded to the Dodgers in a swap of really big contracts. Lefty Scott Casimir, right-hander Brandon McCarthy, infielder Charlie Culberson, and Adrian Gonzalez, who the Braves then DFA'd, all came to Atlanta. Braves also got some cash in that deal Let's break this down one by one. First, they DFA'd Adrian Gonzalez. What was behind that decision? Well, that was to get Adrian to agree to the trade, uh, the Braves uh, had to guarantee him that he would be DFA'd immediately. Uh, there were obviously uh, the Dodgers did not have a bats to give him, and the Braves did not have a bats to give him their first base. Um, it, this was essentially, you know, the kind of trade you'd see in the NBA a lot of times, you know, we've seen a few in baseball, but to to move Matt Kemp's contract, to move Adrian Gonzalez's contract, unwanted contracts, um, you know, the, the teams had to be creative for the Dodgers. Uh, they wanted to, to reduce their payroll this year to get underneath the luxury tax uh, implications, get away from that. Uh, for the Braves, they were willing to take on salary this year, a year where they're probably – you know, even with additions, uh, you know, if you, you make enough additions, you can become a playoff team. But uh, in terms of, uh, you know, the, my example was always, hey, look, if you add Clayton Kershaw to that young rotation right now, they're probably still not a playoff team. So I think they're still a year away. Uh, so you take on money right now within this trade, knowing that this is going to be a another step within the rebuild, but you enter next off season where the free agent market everyone knows how uh, abundant how much talent will be on that uh, free agent market they're going to enter that with at least 80 million dollars in spending and maybe closer to 100 million dollars uh, depending on where their payroll goes so they will be major players next year a year where they will have had a chance to spend the next uh, this this upcoming summer evaluating where their young players stand exactly what their needs are um, how to best take that next step to becoming a playoff team. So, you know, I don't think Braves fans should, should go, oh, well, they've already given up and they, they've thrown the white flag. No, what they've done is, is something that was wise. Instead of trying to push things for this season, live with what you have, make some changes, um, 
you know, Matt Kemp needed to go for a number of reasons. Um, you know, the, the injuries piled up last year. He did come to camp in, in great shape, to his credit. Uh, he was productive for about six weeks, but as soon as the hamstring issues started uh, bothering him and affecting his on-field play, his conditioning uh, habits came into question. He, re- he regained all the, the weight that he had lost over the winter, uh, and in some ways, you know, players, coaches, everyone was starting to see that he was not the, the best influence within the clubhouse. So um, it was when you've got a young kid like Ronald Acuna coming, uh, an impressionable uh, 20-year-old mind, I, I think you want to create the right clubhouse culture. So to, to gain that financial flexibility uh, next year was is big. And and also, you know, you know, Brandon McCarthy and Scott Casimir, they, they come with question marks, but McCarthy was healthy enough to be on the World Series roster. If he can give the Braves 140 innings, that's great. If Casimir can at least, you know, prove that he's healthy enough that maybe they can flip him at some point this summer, then he provides some value uh, as well. So, and, and to, to add a bench piece like Charlie Culberson, that just adds to your versatility. This was a, a trade that, that the the greatest impact will be felt down the road, uh, but at the same time, Alex Anthopoulos did, you know, take care of some of his off-season desires here to, to add experience to his rotation and some depth to the bench. Charlie Culberson, it's funny, he stands out to me. Uh, you know, he broke out in a big way for the Dodgers this season, but during their playoff run, I remember him celebrating that home run while they were still down by a, a couple of runs, and uh, that's kind of what the, the talk of the town was the next day. But either way, he seems like a long-term player for this Braves organization, someone that can make an impact in the future, right? Yeah, you know, and he's uh, he grew up not far from Atlanta, uh, about an hour, hour and a half north. And, and really probably, you know, just an hour north of SunTrust Park, you know, I, I I think he'll be a good fit. You know, everyone talks about his character. I think the one thing I'll, I'll never forget about Charlie Culberson was that home run he hit Vin, during Vince Scully's last game uh, there at Dodger Stadium. That That's one thing. I guess mm-hmm. still, that's, that's what I'll always remember Charlie about. But, yeah, just to add a guy that, with, with that kind of versatility, from what I understand, like I said, a high-character guy uh, that can do a lot of things if, his presence allows them to think about playing, uh, utilizing Johan Camargo as their everyday third baseman. I don't know if that's uh, Camargo's future long-standing role, but at the same time, this is once again the year to, to find out exactly what he is as an everyday player. Uh, let's not forget, you know, he's uh, Dansby Swanson struggled last summer, and that's primary reason Dansby went back to the minors, but it was also had to do with the fact that Dan, you know, Dansby wasn't playing because Camargo was playing so well. Uh, he's, a, he's the best defensive in, infielder within the system. I think that, uh, you know, he has a he has a bright future here in Atlanta. I don't know exactly what his role is. Maybe he isn't best utilized as a utility player, but if you had a chance to give him regular bats this year, that's, that's not a problem. Uh, he can certainly handle the role uh, and maybe keep that position warm until Austin Riley's ready or, uh, well, let's just go ahead and throw out Machado's names and you know, get things stirred up here a year ahead of time. <laughs> let's do it, man. Come on. It's almost the holiday season. People are, are licking their chops for for that kind of stuff. Uh, the Braves were looking for a veteran pitcher we know. Is Brandon McCarthy, Scott Casimir their answer to that, or are they still looking? I think they're the I think they're the answer, you know, or is, is that that the guy that the, some Braves fans might have wanted? No, but it, I think that they were just looking for guys 
to eat innings to protect some of their young arms. And like I said, they're looking for McCarthy to do that. Anything that Kasner gives them is is gravy now. I mean, it's a uh, they basically just had to take on that contract to get all the other benefits. And you know, he's battled injuries. You know, throughout his career, at least over the last three seasons, did not pitch at all last year at the big league level. Um, you know, I, I think with, with McCarthy, um, if he can kind of produce just like R.A. Dickey did last year, just be that that guy that sets a good example within the clubhouse, a guy that, you know, an experienced guy that some of the young pitchers can go to when they have problems, um, and somebody who just he takes that ball every five days. And then at some point in the summer, you know, it would be a good problem to have. You step back and go, okay, uh, Mike Soroka and Colby Allard are ready for the majors. You know, we don't have a spot for them. You know, what are you going to do with Brandon McCarthy? I mean, if if you get to a point where you don't have Brandon McCarthy this year, that's not a problem. That means your young kids are developing to the point that you want them to, but you don't want to get stuck early in the season and push these kids because you need a, a rotation spot. You want them – you want to be able to – allow them to develop fully at the minor league level before you call them up. I think Sean Newcomb benefited from that last year where he was able to to spend two full months uh, at AAA before coming up. A year earlier, the Braves brought Aaron Blair up in April. Um, and, you know, Aaron Blair now two years later, uh, he comes to the majors, you know, as a celebrated prospect, and now people have completely forgotten about him. Does that mean he came up too early? No, not necessarily, but at the same time, I think you want to do whatever you can to make sure that your prospects had every opportunity to to develop fully before coming to the big leagues. Braves also acquired Preston Tucker from the Astros in exchange for some cash or a player to be named later. What can fans expect from Tucker? Well, this is a guy with power potential. He hit 13 homers for the Astros in 2015, uh, you know, he struggled the following year. And then as the Astros continued to evolve into World Series champions, he became a forgotten uh, character. And that's understood. You know, he, he's not a – he's a left-handed bat. They, they could get some, some time in left field, especially at the beginning of the year. Uh, my current expectation is they'll wait that Acuna will not be on the opening day roster. He'll, they'll probably wait – uh, a few weeks or, or maybe months uh, before calling him up. Uh, so, so Tucker and Lane Adams with the current uh, structure, I think they could share some time in left field until Acuna comes. He's a guy that uh, it's, it's interesting. You, you can't teach that kind of power. You, you'd like to see him uh, his contact rate increase, but at the same time, um, you know, it, it's worth taking a flyer on this guy. It doesn't cost him anything. It's a deal where a player to be named later with cash, one of those deals that uh, maybe, you'll, maybe you'll strike gold, or, and then if you don't, who cares? You, you at least took a chance on a guy that, that you're bringing into your system. And like I said, you, you can't teach that kind of power potential. You hope at some some stage uh, a guy like this starts to increase his contact rate just enough to, to add a, a little more value to his game. All right, Mark, we're heading into the holiday season. Give me one thing on the top of uh, all Braves fans' holiday wish list. I think the the wish list this year should be to see at least two of these three guys. I, I want to go ahead and mention these three guys, Mike, Mike Fulton-Evich, Sean Newcomb, 
and Luis Gohara. You, you want to see two of those three guys make significant strides this year to give you the confidence that they're in, they're ready to enter 2019 as a legit number two or number three starter. Um, you know, you, you're interested. You, you want to see the Sorokas, the Allers, the Freeds make progress. I'm going to be patient with them. I'm going to push these guys a little bit more just because they they finish the year in the rotation and put the focus on them. If two of those three guys uh, make significant strides over the course of this season, I think at this point next winter when you and I are talking, uh, we'll no longer be using the word potential uh, playoff contenders. We'll say, hey, look, this team is a legit playoff contender. All right, hopefully they get that wish. I've heard that that word potential a lot, and sometimes uh, it's a positive, and and sometimes if it's uh, attached to your name for too long, it's not so much. So, yeah, it would be nice to see those guys uh, reach that full potential and uh, eventually make it to where they're supposed to be. All right, that's going to do us for here uh, on MLB.com Extras, Braves edition. Mark Bowman, thank you so much for joining us. Happy holidays. Happy New Year, and we will see you in 2018. Happy holidays to you as well. Take care.